The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's a busy news day on 630 Chad. It's 235. We'll keep you updated on uh, Trans Mountain. Uh, the comments on that. We've just received word from the Premier's office that Premier Notley will give a live address to the province this afternoon at 605. It was originally going to be 630. That has been changed now to 605. You'll be able to hear it live right here on 630 Chad. We'll keep you updated on the search for the that uh, one remaining suspect in the shooting of an RCMP officer officer in Manitoba as well. I'm going to update you um, out of a a story out of Toronto as well, where the uh, Yorkdale Shopping Centre was evacuated after um, police investigated reports of gunshots at the centre. Nobody was hurt, but we'll keep you updated on all of this throughout uh, the afternoon. We will get back to more talk on Trans Mountain right now, though. Wanted to switch gear and I wanted to look at uh, a story that uh, came out in the past couple of days. It's called Plan White, an updated blueprint for the future of White Avenue. Uh, It's hoped it will lay the groundwork for encouraging more investment in Old Strathcona while keeping that great historic feel of the area. Now, Ben Anderson is the councillor for Ward 8, where White is located, and he joins us now. Ben, thanks for um, sneaking out of that meeting to talk to us this afternoon. Happy to. Uh, First off, any comments on, uh, you know, the announcement today regarding the Trans Mountain? You know, I haven't really heard that many details okay. on it. I've been in meetings all day, so no, I don't okay. uh, have anything to add. Okay, no worries. So uh, regarding Plan White, when did the work on this plan start and why? Oh, it started a number of years ago uh, it, it, you know, with the request of the community because um, it, we a lot of little things were changing. There were a lot of kind of ad hoc changes that were happening, and clearly there was pressure, and it meant that the existing plan, you know, a lot of times with support of the community was being adjusted and adapted. And I think the feeling was we needed to understand it as a whole and ask the big question. Um, and if it did need to change, we needed to, to have that discussion. So that was the beginning of it. It got sort of um, heated up um, by some much bigger proposals <laughs> and much bigger changes that happened in the middle of it, um, which I think personally would have been better to leave those until after the plan was done. But council decided otherwise. Um, but it really was about trying to go, okay, maybe maybe it's time to revisit this plan a little bit and, and not do things in a kind of ad hoc fashion. You know, I, I think of Old Strathcona was just down there on the weekend, the whole White Avenue area, and I think, oh, what 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 needs to be done down here? What, what, what do you need to change? But there's a number of things uh, kind of up for conversation right now, and one of them is, and you had mentioned it, was um, making the area more walkable, better walkability, some mm-hmm. better sidewalks. Uh, can you expand on that? Because, uh, yeah, it, it is a huge spot for everyone to park their cars and go wander about. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting. We, You know, you look at some of the uh, stats in terms of uh, pedestrian collisions and other collisions, it's, they're alarmingly high. I mean, it's the one place in the city where I think we do have, particularly later at night, um, congestion of pedestrians where the sidewalks are just not big enough to take all the people that are wanting to use them and uh, and how that all goes together how we can allow traffic to move through there better without impeding the pedestrian and, and other kind of use I think mm-hmm. is a long overdue conversation because um, had- it is a very walkable area it's one of the things that's made it so attractive and and whether or not there's enough space or enough safety for everybody to exist together, I think, is a, is a question we've been wanting to answer for a while. So is, does that mean making wider sidewalks, narrower, uh, narrower streets, or do we shut it down at nighttime and make it walking only? 
You know, I think we looked at making it walking only a few years ago, um, you know, when there were some pilots that were suggested. I don't know if that's truly possible to do without there being unintended consequences and pushing mm. traffic further into the neighborhoods. But, you know, how the how the crossings work, um, how, you know, how pedestrians move around, what kind of safety you can create for pedestrians. Yes, it may be about um, doing something different with sidewalks. These are all questions that need to get answered and I think are overdue for being answered. I mean, mm-hmm. I, am, I I think there may be something different could be done with signaling that actually might help traffic movement and pedestrian <laughs> movement. But um, it's been waiting for this work to be finished for us to sort of dig into into some of those details. Ben, I suspect that most of my listeners uh, listening to this conversation right now would suggest signaling could be uh, is an issue right across the uh, right across the city. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, it's something that drives a lot of people nuts. So, you know, but in the White Avenue, you know, scenario, just as an example, you know, I think some of those intersections might work a little bit better for everybody if we do what's called a scattered crossing, which allows the pedestrians to cross in whichever direction they want to go and then the lights turn and the pedestrians stop in all directions and the and the traffic can traffic can move. I, I uh, love the- I think actually that might make traffic move easier and I think actually would be better for the pedestrians as well. I think it's both that those kind of creative ideas that we need to start looking at in that area, and I'm hoping we're going to get on that right away. I, I love the idea of the scatter crossing. Why Why has the city been um, somewhat, I don't know, is it loath or is it just, you know, slow to get on board this? I go to um, Banff, you know, they're, they're there, I, no problem. You know, I, I can't tell you. We've been talking about it in the White Avenue area for, for a while. I think some of it's ready to go. I think there's some places downtown where we've already started playing with it, and I think there are probably more coming. So, you know, uh, it's, it's an old idea that it's coming back again, yeah. and um, I think it's. Uh, I, I think actually, it, I actually think, as much as it sounded like it was just sort of giving more right of way to the pedestrians, you know, which it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it actually it'll help with with traffic flow as well. Um, I used to live just, um, I guess, south of White Avenue, just over in Allendale, and kind of, you know, I would walk down there because I always found it tricky to to, uh, to uh, walk uh, to to mm-hmm. park my car. And I'm really interested in um, some of the su- suggestions about attracting more people to live in the area because yep. I thought that the area was fairly dense as it is. You were talking about taking some of those buildings or new buildings, if that's possible, instead of having that four-story, moving them to six. Um, wouldn't that create more parking? issues of two you know it's interesting you know because some of the new buildings that have gone in there and these are some of the ones that got approved in a kind of ad hoc way actually um have no parking at all and the Mm. people there weren't interested there you know the the one um on the corner just in behind the strathcona hotel their micro suites yeah people that went in there it was made really clear parking wasn't going to be available to them and and they weren't interested and that's who that's (laughs) who um, you know, we're renting, you know, renting those places. So, you know, I think, I think if, uh, I, I think it's about understanding what the market may be. And I think okay. if there's an area of town where, where people could live without necessarily needing a car and would understand there'd be no space for the car to be there, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a different market. And, yeah. and as long as you're clear about that and people don't move in and then get grumpy <laughs> that they don't have a parking spot, yeah. um, I think it can actually work. And it actually, you know, fits much better with, with the kind of urban area that White Avenue is. And I think that's been its real strength. Yeah, my bad on that one. I, I, I can't even think of my life without a car because I live on the outskirts of town. So, but I, and yeah, yeah. You're in a neighborhood that doesn't give you those choices. Exactly. Right? You can create a neighborhood where you can walk to everything. 
there's a lot of people who would really prefer to live that way and are only have a car because they have to, not because they want to. I know you don't have a whole lot of time because you have to get back into a meeting. Um, Ward 8 City Councillor Ben Henderson joining us. When I was reading about Strathcona, the Strathcona's Farmer's Market and the, the market itself and that parking lot across it mm-hmm. and maybe doing something with that, can you expl- expand on that? Because you know that is a, that is a, an Edmonton favourite. A lot of folks going down there oh, on the weekend. I don't think anybody is but... suggesting moving the, the market out of there. <laughs> No, um, you know it's uh, no. Then what uh, are you and, suggesting? They, they've always, you know, the the market the market is in its building, uh-huh. and they've always had that gravel parking lot across yep. the way. I think the suggestion is that there may be ways to do the parking there, but actually create some kind of more friendly space and parking space as mm. well, uh, park space as well as the parking space. So I don't think it's a question of saying, you know, we're, you know, but th- these are the kind of questions that have to get asked, and yeah. I would. I would argue, um, I, you know, that the, the market, I think, is critically important. Uh, my feeling on the market, though, is, you know, we have a, a, a large building that goes to the market. We have a large parking lot that goes to the market that are used for half a day a week. Yeah. And, and I, you know, my pressure and the push that I'm, I'm trying to encourage is that that market needs to be operating more, um, not less, especially given the kind of commitment of, of land and, and facility that goes into it. And I, I think that would be a good news story for everybody involved. I think it's time to say say back to the market, yeah, absolutely, we want you there, but we want you there from what this Saturday morning. Bit of a juggle trying to um, balance the historic aspect of that area and continue tra- to attract more people and make it even more vibrant and more functional, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, and I, I but I don't think those two things, I don't think those two things are in conflict with mm-hmm. each other. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we have a space that was, was it was developed in a time it was developed around public transit it was developed when it had a streetcar going down the middle <laughs> it was developed around people that walked everywhere yeah. that's you know and we were very lucky to hold on to it uh, a lot of those other areas we had in the city we've lost and i yeah. think it's one of the things that's made it so, so attractive to people that's what brings people to white avenue and we need to understand um that piece of the culture of it and make sure we don't jeopardize that or um or we'll be but we'll lose something that we've been very lucky to hold on to. That's a, that's a huge asset for the city. It's known, you know, nationally. Yeah. It draws a lot of people to town um, from a tourism point of view. It's it's a it's a, and we need to understand what makes it tick and make sure we don't undermine that. And at the same time, you know, continue to enhance it and, and allowing more people to be able to live around there so they can enjoy the walkability. But I think is one of the things that will protect it for us for years to come. Before I let you go, should I even bring up LRT to the area? <laughs> well, you know, it, people go, it'll, it'll destroy the, the his, his, historic nature of the, of the area. But ironically, historically, there was a streetcar that That's ran right. right down the middle of it, you know? So I'm actually, you know, I think it's a question of, no, should we do it? I think... Uh, there's no question it's a high transit demand area. The question is how we do it and how we make sure we do it in a way that actually, you know, brings greater strength to the neighborhood. And I, I think there's a fair amount of there's worries about it, but mm-hmm. I think there's also a fair amount of enthusiasm for what it could be. Councillor Henderson, I sure appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. Happy to. Thank you, too. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. There you go, Ward 8 City Councillor Ben Henderson talking about Plan White, an updated blueprint for the future of uh, White Avenue. Uh, what could happen down there next? How how can we make it even more vibrant? How can we attract even more people to the area? Interesting stuff. Okay, a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we'll delve back into Trans Mountain. There's some more voices uh, that I want you to hear from, plus a 
whole lot of text to get through this afternoon at 6.30, I do want to tell you that just after the 3 o'clock news, we'll be joined with Kelly Keene. There's a new study out about your debt, Alberta, uh, the debt that Albertans are carrying. So we'll talk to her from 3 to 3.30. Then Markham Hislop from Energy News will join us at uh, 3.35. Uh, we'll chat more about Transmount and what this means all the way around. Stick around. On the White Avenue front at 251, some of your texts coming in uh, in response to Councillor Henderson's conversation, um, talking about, um, you know, more walkable communities and that sort of thing. He says, I think that uh, people that say that that they would walk in the city, if it was more walkable, they're full of it. They would try it a couple of times and they'd be back in their car. And I keep thinking to myself, you know what? If people wanted to live that more way, we'd see more infill and people wanting to, you know, not move to the suburbs. And we're seeing that those suburbs continue and continue to expand. My goodness, there's a new new division, subdivision going up out by my place. Um, and uh, only a couple of houses up already, but people are living in there. Um, people have their barbecues out, the, ga- the grass is down, the trees are up. Uh, Calgary has scatter crossings downtown in spots. It works quite well there. Yeah, if you've ever been in Banff too, you've seen it there. Uh, Sebastian is a courier and says uh, he's a courier in that area and that the recent work done has made it more and more difficult to service their customers. He says as things go forward, the city needs to take into consideration the groups and companies that need to service the area, not just by bicycles and pedestrians. And he goes on to say, on the other hand, though, I believe for safety reasons, from 99th all the way to 109th, it should be 30 kilometers an hour. Thanks, Sebastian. All right, back to uh, Trans Mountain here. Lots of texts coming in this afternoon. Um, this one says the beneficial plan is taking far too long. How many right ways need to be X'd in? This one, I'm ready to give up. I'm just ready to give up. Let the bank take my house and not even try. It's clear First Nations and Enviro Nuts and government don't want me to make a living. I don't think I support the pipeline going in. I don't like the thought of Alberta shipping all the wealth away for the immediate dollar. I don't think there is an unlimited supply and the big companies make all their money now and leave a barren wasteland when it's all done. And then we're importing oil. Uh, from Drayton Valley, Jay, the pipeline news just sealed Rachel Notley's fate in the next election. She promised a pipeline with her social license. Glad she got her mission accomplished photo done last month. The federal government is a disaster too. It goes on this afternoon. Time to ship nothing but Dilbit through the existing line at 630, 6.30. Eight and a half months or so until we ditch the NDP. This country is a joke. Our economy is struggling, so let's just put another nail in the coffin. And there was a question asked to the federal finance minister today about what does this mean and what does this say to people who want to invest in the country and what does it say and how is it going to impact the Canadian economy? It's important to step back and put uh, what we're talking about today in context. The Canadian economy is doing well. We had a very positive 2017 with uh, leading the G7 in growth. 
we've had uh, good results this morning with the growth that we're seeing in the Canadian economy. And, of course, we have among the lowest rates of unemployment we've seen in 40 years. So the context is positive. What we're saying to Canadians is this Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion is something that allows us to assure we diversify our markets. Uh, it allows us to ensure we have good, well-paying jobs for Canadians. Similarly, what we're trying to do with NAFTA, we're working hard on that discussion, is to make sure that we continue to have a, 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 a good arrangement between Canada, the United States, and Mexico, one that will assure our economy remains strong. So today, we're in a, we're in a good situation. We're working towards making sure there are good, well-paying jobs for tomorrow. Federal Finance Minister Bill Morneau speaking to reporters this morning. Uh, Rachel Notley, the Premier of Alberta, speaking to uh, you uh, on television tonight at 6.05. You can watch it right here or watch it on Global News or listen to it right here as well. Uh, Chris is on the phone. Hey, Chris. Hi, uh, it's uh, Chris Oliver. I'm calling uh, to think uh, to what the province should do is use that the laws they enacted to, to control every drop of... Uh, that goes through our pipelines heading elsewhere in Canada, be it BC, be it out to Quebec, should be heavy oil or dilute bitumen, and every drop of gasoline, diesel, whatnot that they that we send the, that we send to them should be by a rail or by a truck, and they should be paying for the increased cost of that at the pumps that way in BC and out east, because uh, and we should be should everything going through the Trans Mountain should be bitumen going straight to China, and let's see how they like that. But I think that's the only way that the the, the premier has a chance of showing that uh, if we can't get the pipeline built, that this is the action we're taking. They have a chance of actually maybe winning next year or at least fight it, fight a good fight. Chris, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for your input. We need to take a break here coming up to the three o'clock news. Again, Premier Notley speaking to the province tonight at 6.05. You can listen to it on 6.30. Chad, watch it on uh, Global News as well. A quick break here for news headlines on the other side. We'll talk about your debt, the debt that you're carrying with financial expert Kelly Keene. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.